So Jake from Yazoo asks, I think an important question, guys, can we start the great debate to salt or not to salt Margarita Rim on Cinco de Mayo? Um, okay, so here, here's my approach there. I don't want the salt if the salt is on there. Okay. So, but I, you know, I'm open to whatever we're doing at 930 with the Patron cocktails. Uh, Jake says I'm salt all the way from Yazoo, which by the way, Jake, thank you for listening. If you're in wherever, I guess Yazoo city or maybe traveling. We appreciate that. Blake, are you salt or no salt? Uh, I'm half salt. Cause I'm like you, I don't want to drink the salt every sip, but I do like a little bit of the salt kind of mixed in with the drink. I think it like mixes into the drink while you drink it. When they do that with bloody Mary's, I, uh, with like I the- wipe off a, a spot <laughs> yeah. where I can drink it. You're still going to get a little bit of the seat. A lot of times they don't just do salt. They do some kind of seasoned salt. Yeah. Like a Jonesy Q's rub yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And, and that's fine. I, I can do that. Um, I just don't, I'm not going to be one, you know, when you see people lick the salt around, yeah, no, 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 I mean, that's like, that's getting after it. Some of those cups come back like the windows at a McDonald's playpen, you know, like a kid slobbered all over the cup. So that's some of these women go after those salt rims, dude. I'm telling you. Is Isabella trying to buy us food? She is. Which I didn't even see that. So Isabella, you're sweet. Yeah. To she was gonna send us her card number, which is crazy, <laughs> and and get us to DoorDash because I said I was hungry or and I am hungry. I don't remember what we were talking about. Maybe the breakfast sandwiches from Fleetway Market. We'll have to get something from Beagle Bagel or something. Uh, Isabella says definitely salt for her. I do think that's a um, divisive. You're either pro salt or anti salt. Usually, I'm usually anti. But when we were doing the uh, sauced in the South margarita mix, which is like excellent margarita mix. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't like cheap margaritas. I don't like cheap tequila. That's why we have Patron. But uh, if we're doing some quality lime juice slash margarita mix, then I can do a little salt. A little. A little salt. I think it's more necessary on a Bloody Mary to have the seasoned rim than it is to have salt on a margarita. Yeah. And I do agree with Pat. Salt's for shooting straight bad tequila, not for like a good Patron cocktail. That's that's true. Magic Mike says, uh, like bacon, don't let anyone tell you that you can have too much salt. I love it. I love it. All right, let's go to the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. Uh, we welcome in Steve Robertson, jeanspage.com, the Boneyard Podcast. We haven't talked to Steve since Scott Foxhall was fired. I guess we talked to Steve Monday morning, and then he was let go Monday afternoon. It's, it feels like a long week. Uh, Steve, good morning. Welcome in. Are you surprised that Chris Lamonis didn't name an interim coach? Uh, I mean, go out and maybe find somebody. I don't know how that would have looked. Or are you like, Bo, I always thought that he and Cheese would take over. No, I, I didn't think they'd go out and get an interim with just, you know, three weekends left in the regular season. But, uh, I mean, I wouldn't have been surprised either way. I mean, you know, like, you know, all this rumors about Roy Oswalt and, you know, hey, that would have given people something to get excited about. But I think that may have been a bit of a distraction, too, when you, when you look at the, the grand scheme of things. But, 
you know, they've got guys that have been here working with the pitchers, and, um, you know, they're going to kind of do it by committee now. The day-to-day stuff doesn't change. It's just you don't have Fox Hall calling pitches anymore. And maybe that's a good thing. You know, maybe it'll be a little more predictable, and, you know, maybe they'll go out there and throw some strikes. And you know, this is an Arkansas team that's coming in that's really, really banged up, too. I mean, it's, you know, I, I expect Arkansas to find a way because State's been so bad on the mound. But – I would be the least bit surprised if we talk Monday about State taking the series because I mean this Arkansas team was really beat up. Okay, so what would give me a per- handicap that on State taking two or three? Thirty percent. I got Arkansas taking it two to one, but I tell you, you know Arkansas—they're throwing Hagen Smith tonight. They, their TBA on Friday and Saturday, just like State is. They don't even know who all is available. I mean, you know, Tiger threw twenty pitches, kind of in a rehab start last week, and. And he was a guy that had the UCL sprain. You know, we, we you know we think he's an amazing pitcher, but you know, with all the torque that he gets on that arm, due to that incredible spin rate, I mean, how long can you rely on him? And if this thing, if State can split, you know, between Friday and Saturday, I won't be the least bit surprised if State wins on Sunday. I mean, okay. just because State it offensively, and this is an Arkansas team that really doesn't rake. That's the thing. Like it's no. as good as they've been. I mean, it's like Dave Van Horn just kind of willing this team along. But I, I think, you know, even if they get a winning weekend this weekend, this, this Arkansas team has got to get healthy if they're going to make a serious run at Omaha. They're 14-7 and seven in the league, so they're in a good spot with nine games left. We're visiting with Steve Robertson, Mississippi State, Arkansas, all weekend in start. Well, there's some rain. We'll see how that what, – what is the latest? Do you know, Steve, have you even looked this morning or the latest on the rain? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know – the 10 day forecast is the ruin of society, you know, it really uh, is. I, I don't even look at it and switch time, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's supposed to rain in the early morning, but it, when I, it's supposed to clear out around four o'clock, okay. you know, so we'll be playing ball today and, you know, you know, we'll, we'll see how things go, but yeah, the, re- the reality of it is, you know, state needs to get these three games in and, you know, we'll just see how things go from there. But I mean, let's just be honest about this. I mean, you know, state's best hope at this point is to try to find a way to get to Hoover and that, and then, you know, that's anything beyond that would be incredible, but I, I don't think that that's any of that's expected any longer. Okay, Steve Robertson on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. Uh, it, what do you think he? What? What? Uh, give me a number on him not coming back, Lamonis, as far as the next nine games. Oh. I mean, I'd say less than ten percent. I mean, I, I think I think Lamonis is back next year, and you know, you can't roll, ever roll anything out. You know, I mean, even back with Sylvester Croom, right? You go back to the you know two thousand eight season, and you know they had the the plan in place, uh, you know, bring in the new offensive coordinator behind Woody, and then you go out there and you get beat forty five to nothing, you know, by a really good old Miss team, and you know things change, you know, and. I mean, hey, if this team, if they just dog it down the stretch, I mean, you know, I, I just think Zach Selman comes in, and I don't think you're, and I hate to say the word prepared, but you're not anticipating having to make a coaching change this year. So I don't know that you've done your due diligence. And, and so I think that's a that's a hire because of the the emphasis that Mississippi State has placed on baseball. You can't just kind of go willy-nilly into that approach. And I think Chris Amonis has probably earned a little bit of grace for winning the national championship. But I think I'll – Everything's off the table come next year, but uh, yeah, I do expect them on us back. I do. Okay, uh, what? Who do you expect to throw Saturday and Sunday starters for MSU? Yeah, that's 
that's going to be re- really, really interesting. You know, I, I think I think Gerangelo goes one day. You know, and it, it probably depends on kind of how, who who all you have to use. You know, like if you have to use Colby Holcomb tonight, paired up with Cade Smith, and that eliminates him. But you know, maybe maybe if Cade can get you six, and maybe Nate Dom can get you one or two, and then you get the Knicks, and then you can throw Holcomb as a starter on Saturday, and so. I think both teams are just kind of just say, hey, that they need to win, and so we're not going to kind of like pigeonhole ourselves into a, a rotation when we're beat up, you know. And, and I think State's actually healthier on the mound than Arkansas is. I just, you know, Arkansas has just been better. Hey, all right, let's switch gears to football. You, uh, I, all right, so I, I don't see the favor just because of the eight home games. I don't see the favorable schedule that you see. And here's where I'm going: the first three conference games for Mississippi State and Zach Arnett. I mean, he's first year head coach. Tommy Tuberville took over for Mike Leach at Texas Tech, and and that was the best Texas Tech's ever been when Mike Leach was there, especially those last few years when he was rolling. And Tommy Tuberville could coach. He was an experienced coach. He walked into a blank storm at Ole Miss and Auburn and won, and won big. And at Tech, in a weak conference, he went 7-5. and five. So I'm looking here. LSU, they're not going to be favored. LSU should win that game. They're a top-five recruiter. Okay. At South Carolina, South Carolina out-recruits. Is it a winnable game? Yes. But, you know, 55-45, South Carolina on the road, Columbia. They won't be favored. Bam at home, obviously, they won't be favored. At Arkansas, I still don't think they'll be favored. I mean, it may only be a two-point spread, but it's not like Mississippi State and Ole Miss teams just walk up there to Fayetteville and just, I mean, have they won? Yes. But they don't just, you know, put their stamp on it. And then at Auburn, everywhere Freeze has been has been a major four to six game swing when he takes over. Um, and Kentucky at home is when I've got them favored for the first time in conference, Steve, November 4th. I think Arnett's learning curve is huge. Barbet's a new OC in the conference, and Matt Brock has never been a, I, That's cute and sweet and fun that he called plays against Illinois who couldn't... I mean, they couldn't move the ball against me, okay? Um, and, 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 hey, I'm glad they won the game, and it was impressive what Arnett and them did. But Illinois was awful on offense. So Matt Brock is a brand new defensive coordinator. If you look at the history of the SEC, this is not a recipe for success. Your thoughts? Well, I think I think you and some people like you are trying to talk trying to talk me into this being a bad football team, and I just don't agree. No, I'm not I, saying I think, bad. I just think that I think you've got I know what it means to build something, start something, all that. And a lot of people don't, and that's fine. But I'm just saying, he is a brand-new head coach with new coordinators in a league that's tougher than when Dan Mullen walked in. I mean, Brian Kelly and Hugh Freeze are now at LSU and Auburn. We haven't had that the last 13 or 14 years. Good coach. I mean, Malzahn was pretty good, but really good coaches at those two places. Go well, ahead. He had national championship coaches there in less miles than Malzahn. You know, I, I don't, I don't, and Hugh Freeze and Brian Kelly hadn't done that. So I, I don't know that I agree with that aspect of it, but uh, you know, the reality of it is, is, you know, you know, that, is there a bunch of toss up games? Absolutely. I do think States probably at best three and two after five, and then the schedule eases up. I mean, once you get to the midway point in that schedule, you start looking and some things kind of set up for you pretty well. And, you know, the bottom line is, you know, you talk about 
you know, freeze at Auburn. Uh, Robbie Ashford is uh, probably the most anemic passer in this conference. And so I'm interested to see what they do with him. You know, how effective can he be as a quarterback? I mean, obviously they, they feel good about him. Or TJ Finley wouldn't be in the portal again, you know, again, they had their third program. But yeah, I, I think number one, you talk about the Matt Brock thing. Matt Brock's been in the system now for what, going on four seasons now. He knows this defense. It's not like we're having the overhaul thing. Got a veteran defense led by you know Jed Johnson and Buki Watson, who are the two most productive, uh, two of the top three most productive tacklers in this conference. You know, you, obviously you need to shore up some things in the, in the secondary, but you feel good about the Cambrian Richardson. You've got some experience back there. Uh, at the other corner position, you know, Marcus Banks, of course, is the guy that can uh, slot out there and, and play dog safety for you. Uh, I, I think defensively, this, this team is going to be really, really good. I don't just think they're going to be adequate. I think they're going to be really good. And I think Will Rogers is going to prove that he is not a system quarterback. And I think the fact that teams are going to have to respect the run is going to make Will's job that much easier. But the, I think the transition from the true air raid, nobody else runs it in college football. Uh, you know, these other guys, Lincoln Raleigh doesn't run the true air raid, Graham Harrell, so on. The tra- So the adjustment, um, and I think it's going to take some time to from going from the true air raid to what Barbet wants to do. Because you almost felt like they were just getting into understanding how to run the true air raid at about two and a half years in. Although at Washington State, it was year four. You know, at Texas Tech, maybe it happened a little bit quicker. Big 12, he had some quarterbacks, and they recruit better than Washington State. So I, I understand that. You're not looking for a, a massive adjustment period on offense between true air raid to what, not saying that Barbe can't be a good OC, but this this is kind of night and day, don't opposite ends of the spectrum? In some respects, I mean, in the passing game, there's a lot, a lot of the same elements of the air raid. I mean, you're, you're going to be a lot more balanced in your play calling. And, you know, the, the big issue for me is like, you know, the formation aspect of it. I mean, like, you, you hadn't had tight ends now for, you know, three seasons. And now all of a sudden, you got to go out there and piece that group together. And, you know, Barbe says they won't be as tight end heavy this year just because of the fact you don't necessarily have the personnel to do some of the things you want to do. But, you know, we talk about this, you know, the transition, you know, and, and again, there's always a caveat for all this, but you, know, you look up there at Arkansas, they were placing two coordinators that were very talented and Kendall Browse and Barry Odom, you know, and that's in what state won eight of 11 against Arkansas. And one could make a case state should have won 10 of 11 against Arkansas. Uh, I, I don't know why people are scared of Arkansas and I like Sam Pittman, but this is not going to be an Arkansas team. I think despite the fact they've got KJ Jefferson, I don't think they're going to be an elite team this year. Oh, I couldn't I, agree yes, with yes. you more. I, I agree. I, I Look, I'm with you with what you just said on Arkansas losing two phenomenal coordinators and taking a step back. No, no doubt. I, I just think when you have all this new, like I, things don't line up. They just don't do that in, in college football when you have a new head coach who's never been a head coach and a new OC who's never been an OC at the Power Five and a new DC who's never been a DC anywhere that I know of, high school, junior college, G5 or P5, I, I just don't think the SEC West, I know this is the last year of it, is is the league to cut your teeth on that. I mean, Dan was, I mean, Mullen was special and went five and seven in a weaker league. I You know, I, I get you referencing that Miles and Ogeron winning championship, they're not national championship coaches, though, in the, 
in what we're, we reference as really good coaches. I mean, that's LSU's program is that good. Les Miles and Ed Ogeron were not good head coaches, in my opinion. I, I'm with you on Arkansas, but, man, the step up in LSU with Brian Kelly and the step up on the Plains and that game's on the road, I don't think Mississippi State or Ole Miss wins in Auburn this year. Now, it could be close, and, and they could have an opportunity with six, four, two minutes left to go in the game, but Hugh Freeze is, like him or not, I know – you know, we all lived that. You did, I did, and so on. But the dude can flat out coach. Well, he's got, got to find a quarterback somewhere. You know, so are they going to get somebody here late in the portal? Because they are quarterback deficient right now, yeah. period. And in this league, we know from experience, when you don't have a dynamic quarterback, you are average at best. And and so, again, the, the same thing applies. And again, you say, well, you know, you freeze an experienced coach. He is. The guy can coach offense. He absolutely can. But I think it's going to take him a year or two to get his personnel in there and kind of get this thing going because the things they're going to run are going to be much different than what uh, they ran in their Harson too. I mean, there's going to be a big transition there. And I will tell you this, though, you know, Bo, I was over there, and I got two of those facilities. And um, everybody in the Southeastern Conference is chasing Auburn right now when it comes to that IPF. It, I mean, it is, that football facility is like NFL quality. And uh, I know that's we're kind of recalibrating there, but I just want to throw that out there. You talk about – the recruiting aspect of this for Auburn, and you bring in Hugh Freeze, obviously there's been some issues, right? But the guy works really hard, but I tell you, uh, I think you or I could give the tour of that I've, that football complex over there because there is a wow factor that hadn't always been there. When did they open it? Uh, the carpet still sp- smelled brand new when I walked in there. I, I don't know. I think I, maybe this semester. I don't know the exact date. Okay, day, I got uh, you. It, so recently. It, and they have this crazy thing, this digital printer, like when they fit somebody for a shoe, instead of having to try a bunch of stuff, they just put your foot on this little thing from outer space, and it makes the uh, – it is a digital printer that makes the you know, the form for the shoe. It's it's amazing. And it doesn't matter if it, you're, you're – you get scanned like you're going out of outer space, and then the, the equipment staff is all paired up. It's just nuts. It's nuts. It really is. Okay. I think if Zach Arnett goes seven and five as a new coach in a league with Brian Kelly, 10 plus years as a head coach, Saban, 10 plus, Freeze, 10 plus, Kiffin, 10 plus, and Jimbo, 10 plus. And I know Jimbo is, is trying to get fired out there. I get it. I think if Zach Arnett goes seven and five with a schedule where I don't see that he is favored in conference until November 4th, which is like when the weather's turning. I think that is a big, big win for Arnett, the learning curve, the massive transition from, I mean, you know what they're asking the offensive line to do, Steve. It's night and day. I mean, it was already night and day from what, from Moorhead to Leach, and I think they were just kind of getting, understanding what they wanted to do and repping it out and maybe, you know, finding the player. And then, and then now they're going to go back to, we want to blow you off the ball um, and do some pass block. I just think I think that's a lot to wrap your brain around, especially when you pull LSU at home at South Carolina, Bama at home. Um, but you don't see it like that, right? No, I don't. I think, I think 7-5 would be a disappointment, and I think the fans probably see it the same way by and large. I know there are a lot of people out there that have the – you know, we're not expected – 
supposed to expect more at Mississippi State when it comes to football. But, again, I think, number one, coaches don't win games. Players do. And, yeah, there will be a learning curve, obviously, on offense as you kind of get up to speed on what Barbe wants to do. Will Riders has told me directly he understands what's expected of him, and that's his job this offseason to get everybody else where they need to be. This defense should be legit in this league. Uh, and so, again, you look at the schedule, eight home games for the first time in school history, and every road game is a true toss-up. And a couple of those places you've had a lot of success in recent years. Uh, I think it's uh, I think seven and five would be a disappointment. Okay. Without an See, I always think they make hay on the years where they have Auburn, Arkansas, and A&M at home. And, and, and give Mike Leach and Zach Arnett credit last year. They went 3-0 and in those games. And it was – Unbelievable. And when you do that, you have a special year, and they did. Um, but, okay. New, I, I still I still hammered November. That, the eight home games to me is misleading because two of them are LSU and Bama. Well, you're certainly not going to beat them on the road, right? Even right. Though last year, even though State had the lead in the fourth quarter last year, and then we couldn't fill the punt. You know, but, you know, the, what happened in that ball game is LSU's superior talent level took over late in that ball game when it was closing time the tigers really showed up and but how many times do you get that opportunity but how many times do you get a struggling lsu team on the road a chance to win that ball game and state let that opportunity get away and we're going to see a much better lsu team than i think we saw last year i really do i think Jaden daniels is a guy that'll uh, learn to play within himself in the framework of that offense because he, he was basically playing you know backyard football with us you know, stayed getting third and long and couldn't contain him. No doubt. Run for the first down. He was much better towards the end of the year, which is why they won the SEC West. I mean, you know, that they beat Alabama, and there was nothing fluky about that at all. No. Uh, that was a hell of a ball game. Um, the Athletic has Ole Miss at number five in the SEC power rankings, which I think is, is not going to happen either. Uh, when you trade Kentucky at home for Georgia on the road, that is just such a big swing in our league. And... um so I, I don't I don't think that's going to work out. But uh, all right, so I think, I think the athletic is trying to sell subscriptions. So. <laughs> all right, Steve, have a good weekend. Uh, enjoy yourself at Duty Noble. See you, Boy, Boneyard Podcast Two Four Seven Sports Jeans Page. He joined us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. You can bundle your car and home and save with your Farm Bureau Insurance agent. Favorites dot com. Favorites dot com. Farm Bureau Insurance. Bundle your car and home and save. You can find them. 82 counties in Mississippi. Go local, go with the home team. As Jake Mangum tells us, go with Farm Bureau Insurance. ResDog says that his 13-year-old daughter knows more about sports than I do. At least he's consistent. He's on the agup.com text line. I do know that it's 11 on 11 in football. It's five on five in basketball. And there should be nine people on the field tonight for Mississippi State when they're playing defense. Um, And they'll have a DH in the lineup, too. We're live in the Bank Plus studio. Happy Cinco de Mayo, brought to you by Super Premium Patron Tequila. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. 
At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.